Welcome to the All About Setwork podcast. In this podcast, we talk about all things setwork. That can include training tips, a behind-the-scenes look at what your instructor or trial official may be going through, and much more. In this episode, I wanted to talk about ensuring that we are rewarding what we really should be rewarding. <laughs> Alright, before we start diving into the podcast episode itself, let me do a very quick introduction of myself. My name is Diana Santos. I'm the owner and lead instructor for Setwork University, Dogsport University, and Pet Dog Youth. These are online dog training platforms that are designed to help you achieve your dog training goals, and we're very fortunate to have a client basis worldwide. For Setwork University in particular, we provide online courses, seminars, webinars, and ebooks that are all designed to help you achieve your Setwork training goals. So whether you are just getting started in Setwork, you're looking to develop some more advanced skills, or if you are interested in trialing, we have a training solution for you. So I should know a little bit more about me, let's dive into the podcast episode itself. So in this episode, I want to talk about how it is that we can go about within set work, rewarding the things that we actually want to reward. <laughs> now, I want to preface this by saying that this is something that I've been mulling over and thinking about for a while. And it's something that is actually present as a potential problem in all types of dog training. And I've seen it throughout my career. But I want to highlight it within the context of set work so that it can make a little bit more sense because sometimes when we provide outside dog training examples, we may say, okay, that makes sense. But then we aren't able to apply it within the context of scent work, if that makes any sense whatsoever. <laughs> so what am I talking about? If you are doing a training session with your dog and you've designed a particular search, whether or not it was something that your instructor suggested to you, it was something that you are building just out of thin air. <laughs> you're working off of some other kind of thing that you saw somewhere else, whatever the case may be. You have designed a particular search. Ideally, you have a goal behind that search. There, there's a thing that you're looking to achieve at the end. You have thought through what that is, and therefore you're going to be rewarding your dog for doing the thing. <laughs> Ideally, that's what's happening. What I want to talk about in this episode is what happens when there's a breakdown in that process. What happens when we have designed something, we supposedly had a goal, the dog does it, but we don't end up rewarding the dog. <laughs> and there's a couple of reasons why that may be broken down, why that may break down. So I just wanted to talk about it in this podcast. And again, just to get people thinking, not necessarily to be like, okay, we'll do this instead, but just to get you wondering, like, do I do this? Is this helpful? <laughs> Should I change what I'm doing? One of the things that I've noticed over the years is particularly when people are working on trying to develop some more advanced skills with their dogs. Maybe they're interested in competition. Maybe they're not interested in competition, but they've been doing something for a while. They're trying to do things that are more involved, more challenging. You get the point. That when they do that, there's a shift in their perception about how they should be going about doing that or what the dog should do in that now officially somehow magically within the realm of what they're doing everything has to be hard and because it's hard it should take a certain amount of effort and should appear hard to do if that makes any sense and you're like i have no idea what you're talking about i, I promise i'll make more sense in a second <laughs> So a common example where I see this thing rearing its ugly head is someone will design a search and they're trying to work on something 
that they have deemed to be in this quote-unquote challenging category. Let's say they're trying to work on distractors, right? They're working on distractor training. So they have a couple of distractors in the search area and they are doing training to expose the dog to those distractors. But again, this is scent work. We want the dog to find the hide. (laughs) That's the goal, right? That's always the goal is to find the hide. And yet when they run the search, when the dog goes and they fly past all the distractors, they immediately find their hide and they're so incredibly proud of themselves because like, oh, look at all these things that I could have been invested in, right? That's why they're distractors. That's why they're there. I didn't pay any attention to any of that. I went straight to my hide. Give me my cookie. And inevitably, super commonly, (laughs) handlers will be like, oh, well, I guess that was too easy. And they just kind of stand there and they're so disappointed. And it's like, what are you doing? (laughs) Like they've slumped their shoulders. They're hanging their head. They're hemming and hawing. It's like, just go pay your dog. Be like, this could not have been a better run, right? But because they have this idea in their head that this is quote unquote challenging, it's hard, right? They thought, should have taken more effort. And they've almost confused the goal in their mind. <sighs> How can I put this? It's as if people think that in order to prove that my dog is okay in that scenario, particularly with distractors, the dog has to go invest, investigate this distractor first and then decide to go get their hide. I am here to tell you that is incorrect. <laughs> no, you don't want that to happen. That's the exact opposite of what you want to have happen. You want your dog going into a space and being like, oh, there's a hide. I have to go get my hide. Like, that's what you want. You don't want the dog you know, checking out all the distractors first, seeing whether or not they can self-reward on them, and then maybe eventually getting their hide if they even get there. (laughs) They may determine that, you know what? This distractor is just so awesome. What hide? (laughs) You go find it. I don't want anything to do with that. This distractor is really cool. And then you would be so upset if you went to a trial and your dog did that. But if you went to a trial and your dog went immediately to the hide, You are not going to be slouching your shoulders and hemming and hawing and saying, oh, well, I guess that was just too easy. You're going to be so thrilled with your placement. (laughs) Everyone else was struggling and your dog just hit that hide. I mean, this is the thing that I'm trying to basically highlight is that there is this very odd disconnect between what it is we actually want and then what it is that we reward for or how we couple that rewarding with what we want, how we meet the thing that our dog has done with the level and the type and the speed that we are rewarding, the enthusiasm that we reward. I can't wrap my head around it, (laughs) but it's not just in this one situation. Again, it's across the board. It's in all types of dog training. So another example would be if you were working completely outside of that work, let's say that you were working on recalls and You've been working on recalls for a little bit. Your dog is doing great. You're now starting to up the ante, right? We're getting again back into challenging land. We're now trying to proof the dog, as it were, to see, do you actually know to come to me when I call? So we're going to be providing you with a couple of situations, dog, in order to test this, basically, in order to make sure that this is actually true, or if we still need to do some more work. One of the ways that you can do that Same kind of thing. You could have a bunch of distractors. You may be able to have like a a gauntlet (laughs) 
where your dog runs down a row, then on either side of the row, there's all kinds of stuff that could get their attention. Who knows? There's a whole bunch of different ways you could do this. But the point being is that when I was still teaching in person, we would very carefully build up the dog's skills for doing recalls. Because again, a recall is an essential skill. Every single, every single dog on the planet should know how to do a recall. We would spend a lot of time very mindfully building this all up. And then we would start doing these, okay, so now we're showing that the dog really understands it regardless of what's going around. Person called me, I have to go my person as fast as possible. Inevitably, <laughs> there would be the dog who would go, no matter what I was doing, right? I could be throwing toys up in the air. I could have other people on the sidelines throwing food on the floor, like all kinds of stuff. The dog goes like a bat out of hell to their person, and, like as if nothing was happening, right? <laughs> could not get to their person fast enough, almost bowls their person over, and the person is upset. And you just kind of stand there as an instructor and be like, I don't, what, why? <laughs> and again, like, without fail, well, they didn't check anything out. Right, that means the training worked. Yes, that's, reward your dog, please. And this, I don't know if this is just a human disconnect. I honestly don't know. It could just be like a misunderstanding as far as myself is concerned, as far as an instructor. Maybe I'm just missing something in everything that I do, but I've also seen it with other people. So I don't think it's just me. I think it is a human thing where we think when we hear challenging, hard, advanced, upper level, all these types of labeling words, that we associate that with struggle and strife and it's got to be a lot of effort and you know there's got to be like oh like gritting of the teeth trying to pull ourselves through and then when the dog doesn't present that way instead because thanks to all of your training leading up to that point as you should have the dog just immediately goes and does the thing that they were supposed to do it's such a stark contrast to what we were expecting that somehow we think it's wrong i am here to tell you it's not <laughs> Like, it is so not. But this gets us into a lot of trouble, right? Because you are working on something that's challenging, upper level, stretching the dog. Again, pick your label. So you are potentially, probably, throwing a lot of things at the dog. Again, going back to scent work. So potentially a lot of distractors. Maybe the odor puzzle itself was really challenging. Maybe the environment without distractors was just like, wow, Disneyland, who knows? But it was hard, right? It was challenging. When you don't reward or your feedback is almost as if, well, that wasn't that impressive. And the dog actually did put in a ton of effort to make the choice to find the hide, to apply all the skills that they have to find the hide, to work out the odor puzzle, to get to it. And you're diminishing that. That feedback is received by the dog. And you may very well be undercutting years of work. <laughs> In a very short period of time. You have now basically completely confused the picture. And again, like, just think of yourself if you were outside of a training context and you were in a trial context where there are pretty ribbons and placements on the line. What do you want your dog to do? I want them to find the height as fast as possible so I can get high in trial. Great. So when they do, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to throw a party. Great. Then why aren't you doing that in training? <laughs> like, like, these are the things that we just have to step back and be like, why am I doing that? I don't have the answer. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just here to bring it up so that we can think about it and we can stop doing it because it's, it's very confusing to the dogs. And it's demoralizing to them because like on one hand, we're trying to, to claim that we understand this is challenging, this is hard, upper level, blah, blah, blah. 
But on the flip side of it, we're saying, well, that wasn't that impressive. Them doing the thing we wanted them to do. It's like, well, what do you want them to do then? (laughs) Again, like this is where we just released a blog very recently called Strive for Clarity. And this is basically along the same kind of lines where we just have to have an understanding. What is it that you want? And make that clear to the dog and hold yourself accountable for following that premise. If your goal is for the dog to find the hide, when the dog finds a hide, reward them. (laughs) And reward them very liberally. Like, there's no need for you to be so laissez-faire about this. You don't have to be so stingy. Go all out, particularly when you're training. There's no time limit. You're fine. Reward your dog for 30 seconds or a minute straight. Who cares? Particularly if they just decided on their own with the skills that you had helped building all your prior training, that they were going to leave everything else alone. They weren't going to do anything else. They weren't going to potty where the doggy texts were. They weren't going to go check out the person who was next door. They weren't going for the pizza box. (laughs) They went for their inaccessible hide that they've been struggling with up until that point. And they got it immediately, and they're confident, and they're happy, and they're joyful. For God's sake, please reward them, and reward them heavily. (laughs) Why aren't we doing this? It drives me crazy. And again, I don't understand it. I can kind of maybe see the pieces of why it happens, but I don't know why it happens consistently, particularly when it's already been pointed out. I don't think it's helpful. I think it undercuts everything. I think it chips away a relationship you have with your dog. Wow, that's dramatic, but it's true. (laughs) Again, try to think about this from, okay, from a human perspective. Let's say that you're training for a triathlon or something, right? And part of your training is you have to be able to bike for, I don't know. I don't know anything about these things. I'm just throwing, I'm just pulling this completely out of the air. But let's say that part of your training is you wanted to bike for two miles, get off the bike, run for a mile, and then do cardio exercises for another 15 minutes, whatever. Let's say that you did that, right? And you did that within the fastest time that you've ever done. And you're having a friend help you time you or whatever. You finish all that and you feel great, right? You're not even winded. You're like, wow, all of my training has been really preparing me for this. This is awesome. You have great time, great form. Everything was wonderful, right? A pluses across the board. And your friend went, well, that wouldn't look all that impressive. (laughs) You would want to strangle that person and be like, do you have any idea how much effort I just put into this? Like, what is wrong with you? Yes, exactly. It is the same. (laughs) Don't do that to your dog. Like, that would be awful. So what can we do? How can we prevent these things? Again, I think clarity is helpful. And if you find yourself mentally slipping into these tendencies, maybe you need to pick different words or different descriptors, a different way of thinking about what it is that you're doing. That just because something is advanced, upper level, stretching the dog, again, yada, 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 That doesn't mean we want the dog struggling. (laughs) That's not the point. It's not a sign of success. A sign of success is, does the dog understand the problem, right? The problem and the the task you have ahead of them, whenever we're doing set work, is find the hide if there is one. (laughs) There's a hide in the space. Let me know where it is. You don't want them going, oh no, what am I doing? Like, you're not looking for that. <laughs> you're looking for the dog to come into space like, oh, look, there's odor in here. Let me go get that as fast as I can so I can get my cookies. Yes. Or if it's blank, oh, look, there's no odor in here. Why are we in here? 
<laughs> you want that. You don't want them, you know, writhing in mental anguish trying to figure out what the hell it is they're trying to do. So I, I don't know how to help people get from where they may be <laughs> to there, other than to say, just make sure that you're outlining for yourself, reminding yourself, what is it that I want my dog to do when I'm doing set work? Ideally, <laughs> you want them to find the hide. There may be other things in addition to that that you're looking for, whether it be a final trained response, whether it be staying at the hide while you're doing handler proofing exercises, whether it, who knows, there may be additional things that tacked onto that, that you want to do personally. That is separate above and beyond what the core thing is. Find the hide. <laughs> when they find the hide, then be prepared to reward. If you're going to be doing some of this other stuff, like final alerts and all this other stuff, Yes, I guess you could then say, okay, well, now I want to reward for that. Sure. But even for that, I would say, parse out what it is that you're asking for. Always go back to the basics. I want you to find the hide. Let's take our distractor example, just as a, to wrap this up, to try to help this make a little bit more sense. <laughs> if you're working on distractors, right? And let's say that your dog's nemesis is pizza. They love pizza. They think pizza is the best thing that ever lived on the planet. And you've been slowly working your way up, working with lower level distractors, all inaccessible, yada, yada, yada. And now you think you're at the point where the dog could actually do a search where pizza is in the periphery <laughs> and still find their hide. Because in my opinion, that's how you should be training. You should be saying the dog to fail. You should be saying them to learn and, to, and succeed. So in that scenario... You already know you're working with a pretty high level distractor that the dog in everyday life, they smell pizza and they are just like, you will give me the pizza. <laughs> Whatever you will do, you will give me pizza. So in that situation, I would sincerely hope that you would then adjust your expectations if you're doing things like final alerts or you're working on handler proofing or whatever the case may be to now go back to what it is you actually want. That's the core of everything. Find the hide, not find the pizza. <laughs> so in that scenario, you would have your search area set up ideally. So pizza isn't the most obvious thing for the dog to go to instead of their hide. And when they find the hide, get in there immediately to reward and reward heavily and make it a really big thing and incrementally progress from there to where now the pizza may be more involved or more present within the search area so there's even more choice on behalf of the dog, but you are still getting in there to reward right away. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> this is the kind of thing I'm talking about, is understanding the fact that we're working with an alien species, you want successful repetitions, you want the thing that you want, you want to reward that, and you want to reward that a lot. And from there, once a dog is like, who cares if there's pizza in here? There's a hide. And when I get my hide, oh my goodness, the heavens open up and I get so many rewards. I love this. Then maybe you can start working on your final alert response or your handler proofing or whatever else. But splitting the, these things up makes a big difference. But that's separate and above from the main point of the podcast was, please, just because you're working on something that's more, again, advanced, complicated, challenging, whatever, that doesn't mean that your dog has to struggle to do it. <laughs> and if they immediately get the right answer, that's not a bad thing. That doesn't mean that it was too easy. Oh my God, I hate when people say that. Oh my God, it's too easy. You know what? You go try it then. <laughs> Don't say that. That's just so diminishing to your dog. 
Instead, be so happy that your dog did it, right? Like, that should be a good thing, not a bad thing. I hope that this made a semblance of sense and that it gives people something to think about, to readjust, to examine how it is that we may be approaching the training that we're doing with our dogs, how we're thinking about it, how we're approaching it, the ways that we're reacting when our dogs are searching, because all this makes a really big difference, particularly with how we may or may not <laughs> be rewarding and the feedback that we're giving to our dogs. So I hope that made a semblance of sense, but I always want to hear from all of you. <laughs> so we will be posting this on the Network University Facebook page. So if this didn't make any sense, you have questions, you think that this was totally off the mark, we'd like to hear from you. If you thought that it was helpful, I'd also like to hear from you. Getting positive feedback is good as well. <laughs> In addition to that, we're always open to hearing from you as far as other topics you may be interested in hearing about. So we try to schedule pretty regular roundtable discussions with the instructors who work with us. We're very, very fortunate for those. Uh, we are still doing our spotlight series where we try to shine a light on those individuals or businesses that are giving back to the separate community. So if you know of an individual or a business who is doing that and you would like for us to spotlight them, please let me know. <laughs> the more that we can spread the word about people doing good things, the happier we are. But thanks so much for listening. We are almost at 40,000 downloads. It's insanity. It's a very limited number of episodes. So thank you all for your incredible support. We really do appreciate it. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Happy training. We look forward to seeing you soon.